They bring the double at Booker. Look, on the spin, fires for the win! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sun Central Podcast. My name is Devin Johnson. We have a great show for you tonight. We are obviously very excited to talk about the Phoenix Suns going 2-1 and one the last time we met up with you guys. They had a win against the Jazz, went against the Nuggets in a back-to-pack showdown. And we had a tough loss on Sunday against the LA Clippers, coming back from 31 points, making it a really close game. Uh, it was a heartbreaker. But yeah, we're going to be talking about those three games, what we can take out of them, and what we can look forward to upcoming this season. We're also going to be going over the Western Conference playoff picture and what the Phoenix Suns' range is. Like, do we think that they're going to be a top five team? Do we think they're going to be a bottom, like maybe an eight seed? You're going to get our take on it. Obviously, I think if you know us, you know who we are. It's probably going to be pretty positive. I'll take the over on that one. And we're just going to be wrapping up the whole show with a little bit of an expansion team exercise. And there's been a little bit of talk about some new teams coming into the NBA, and we were going to give our opinion on that. And give up a little bit of a expansion protection exercise. We're going to be protecting eight players in the Suns and talking about what we would prioritize in an expansion draft. Lucas, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. Won my fantasy football league, which is just great. Feeling good there. And yeah, really felt good about the wins at the Jazz and then at the Nuggets, those back-to-back wins. We will talk about the Clippers loss a bit, but we did want to touch on these just a little bit here just because they were the most exciting games, at least in my opinion so far. So yeah, Devin, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this Jazz game a bit. You know, once again, this was one of those games where we had some early foul trouble for Aiton. And in our latter games, you know, with the Nuggets and the Clippers, we had some great DA games. This one wasn't quite the case. Rudy Gobert was a lot more aggressive. But we did get to see some awesome play out of Chris Paul. He was attacking Rudy Gobert in the mid-range a lot, which is just really fun to see. I like to see that quite a bit. And something I pointed out especially here, which is how DeAndre Ayton handled Donovan Mitchell in the paint. He bottled him up. Devin, I can think of a handful of plays where he used his length really well. One in particular where Ayton just jumped straight in the air and kept his arms just straight up. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Just staying vertical on guys and staying out of foul trouble because I know he's had some issues with that in the past, but... Yeah, really good to see him switching on to guards, closing out really well. He has had some lapses here and there, but overall, I'm going to give him an A-plus with the defense this week. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, our bench, it's elite. It's playing great, and the reason we're winning these games is we can sustain leads now. So that's something we're going to preach a lot here, just the luxury that is having a Dario Saric or a Cameron Johnson or a a Cameron Payne, right? He's He's been awesome, still averaging just some silly numbers, right? Still hitting those threes and... 50%. That's right. Yep, still on. since he joined the Suns. Uh, and Dario, just that that great court vision, that full court to McHale to lay it in on that on the other side of the court for that uh, second half lead. That was that was awesome. And simply put, McHale Bridges. McHale Bridges. Great. And then Devin Booker just put him away. So really fun game there. And then with the Nuggets... McHale from three just lighting it up that was that was so encouraging to see you know whether it's a pull-up or just a transition three or spot ups the hitch is gone and he's hitting them and again his defense really encouraging again most every single game we're just going to see a dude that comes out there and you can throw him 
on just about any player. So we even saw him on Paul Millsap. There was a, a move where Millsap was trying to take it at McHale and maybe underestimated him a bit. And McHale just unfolded his crazy arms and, and swatted that ball. So, you know, there was a couple of questionable goaltending calls on him that game, but yeah, it was a I fun agree. game overall. Uh, are there anything, uh, is there anything in particular that you remember, Devin? I have a few more things to say, but I'm just curious what you thought about this Nuggets game. Oh, the Nuggets game. How about, I think I'll take the words out of your mouth. I think we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton absolutely tearing up Nikola Jokic. Wasn't even funny to see DeAndre Ayton. I think every time they play the Nuggets, two players go off guaranteed. It's going to be Jamal Murray and DeAndre Ayton every single time for uh, the, the opposing teams. DeAndre Ayton, like absolutely taking it to Jokic. I think every, that, that should be the game plan every time because the, their defense is putrid. It's bottom of the league and they're not figuring it out anytime soon. Maybe they yeah, will. As of, as of now, they're, they're definitely a different team, right? Losing your Jeremy Grants, that's huge. And yeah, it was Jermichael Devin and I were chatting a bit before uh, we hopped on here. Devin, what were you talking about with the Nuggets defense? What are you thinking there? Uh, it's not good. It's not good at all because it's kind of like, I don't know how you explain it. When you have Nikola Jokic as your uh, primary creator on offense, he already isn't the most athletic guy in the NBA. He's a big guy. But he's basically like your point guard. He's like your your Luka Doncic. He's like your uh, LeBron James. He does it all on offense. He literally is the captain. And their offense is elite as well. So they have an elite offense and a horrid defense. And Jokic really isn't expected to do much on defense. So that really rely- it comes down to their guards and their forwards. And Michael Porter Jr. didn't play. And I know he's not a great defender, but he's a big body that can block yeah, some awful. shots. He's awful at defending. They do have uh, Will Barton, who's almost like their Mikhail Bridges. He's got some. Uh, that's disrespectful to Mikhail. Because I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I was talking about their with their wingspan. Will Barton. Oh, the wingspan? Just, 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 just the builds? Okay. We'll, yeah, he's got, he, he's got some long arms as well. Um, but, you know, someone that is just that awful defender that I saw uh, just getting taken at. CP3 was cooking Campazzo. Who, oh, twenty-nine year old rookie? My language, but yeah, Facundo Campazzo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, C- Campazzo is a twenty-nine-year-old uh, rookie. He's an amazing passer, right? But yeah, CP3 was taking it to him every single possession and pulling up with the mid-range. That was really fun to watch. And you know, Booker, his defense has been encouraging. That's been another reason why we have such an awesome defense right now. He's been working off screens better and and. You know, the amount of defensive win shares that he's holding in this team is a stat that Suns fans are going to be pulling out for a while now. And, you know, as, as we look at players like Donovan Mitchell, and we can say Booker is better in, in most every single way, Booker's defense has been encouraging. Uh, so it's definitely been a fun thing to watch out for. And Aiton, again, just really good defense here. And, you know, all in all, we held the Nuggets to 49 points at half and Cameron Payne continues to box out, and whether it's Zion or throw anyone at him, Payne is just this energetic bench player and yes, has proven to be a good defender. And then, of course, Clutch Paul. Clutch points. Clutch Paul, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, CP, whatever it means. Yeah, it, it was that, was that was really fun, just being able to have that luxury of both Booker and Paul close out those games. And, you know, there was an ending quote that I thought was interesting. Aiton said, I really don't care about offense, to be honest. I'm just the anchor of the defense. And, you know, he said he's trying to be this all-around threat but isn't worrying about his own scoring too much. And we'll talk about Aiton a bit more with his scoring. But, 
he clearly was the anchor tonight. I'm hoping that continue to be the case, and I think it will be. And just an interesting stat to to keep in mind, when Aiton is the closest defender within six feet of the rim, opponent's field goal percentage is at 43.9% right now. Wow. They're scared think, of him, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anthony Davis has 56, Gobert about 51, Aiton at 43, and Turner about 37. So really encouraging stuff to see. Wow. Both those games were fun. And then uh, – Devin, just really quickly, you want to touch on the Clippers game, what we're seeing there. Yeah, it's going to be real quick. Clippers, you know, we all were heartbroken after that game, but it was encouraging to see the Suns come back from 31 points. And I thought it was done. I was about to walk away and just kind of go for a little bit of a walk, a little bit of a stroll, burn off some steam, burn off some angry energy, maybe scream into the depths of Canada. You know how it is in Canada. A bunch of snow and nothing. Good thing I didn't turn the TV off because the Suns, they did not quit. They didn't stop. They didn't give up. Booker played 45 minutes. That is blasphemous. I'm sorry. That that can't be happening multiple games in a row. But I'm glad that he did put the work in and overall an efficient night from Devin Booker. He's back to his regular self. I think his free throws still need to come up a little bit. I, I don't like him missing more than one or two. But I think he, I think he did pretty actually. I think he missed yeah. only two free throws. Turnovers were, were down, which they were. should continue to be the case. We're probably going to get another game at some point where – he logs quite a few turnovers and we scratch our heads again. But yeah, you know, Devin Booker is, I think, tuning out some of the areas where it's uh, snagging him a bit. But yeah, Devin Booker has been doing his thing and the Clippers were hitting just about everything inside and outside. And we were... Paul know, George particularly. Yes, Paul George. You know, Mikhail Bridges, as yeah. amazing defender as he is, he wasn't necessarily guarding him in the defensive scheme as we did with like Luka Doncic, right? Yeah, no, but, no, um, not a lot of shadowing. Yes, but it's one of those nights where Paul George was just hitting everything. It is what it is. And, you know, hugely just so many turnovers. In the first half alone, we had 10 plus and we were dying by the three, which, uh, you know, Eddie Johnson's going to get really upset about that. But I appreciated Cam Johnson and his short-term memory to keep taking them. Yeah. He eventually started hitting there in the later half of the game. He did, he did. And speaking on turnovers, I'm bringing up the the team comparisons from that game. The LA Clippers scored 21 points off of our turnovers, and we only got seven. So that just goes to show that, A, they're running a transition a whole lot more than the Suns were, and B, the Suns were just turning it over. Only three turnovers more than the Clippers, so I think that just goes to show where our offense is at right now. We're at the bottom of the league in pace, but... When Booker's on by himself without Chris Paul, he does like to run once in a while, but we do need to see a little bit more of some variance. And just to let these guys get used to each other a little bit, let, let, just kind of let the chemistry get in and allow them to kind of get their own mixes and matches of their playing styles meshed together a little yeah. bit, Lucas, because it's interesting to see how good they are right now and how much we're still looking for them to improve. It's going to be really cool to see what this team's going to be like when it comes to the end of the season and how much they've improved, hopefully, barring any major injuries or COVID-related issues. But yeah, Lucas, I wanted to get your take on, like, just kind of transitioning towards our offense, what we're looking for. It's not much, to be honest. Honestly, in, in the big picture, we're looking really good on offense still with the shots that we're getting, whether it be open three-pointers, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're still getting there. Their ISOs are still looking pretty good. But yeah, what do you think the Suns need to do to really flip the switch on offense and make them, you know, potentially a top five team in offense? Sure. Yeah. I think 
the main difference we saw in this game between the other games was just what happens when our role players aren't hitting. When you don't have Jay Crowder being the leading scorer or Cam Johnson or Mikhail Bridges having an offensive explosion. But ultimately, I'm not looking for too much you know, different out of this offense. The stat we mentioned where we're the slowest team in pace right now, that is the case. I don't think that we'll probably be closer to the middle by the end of the season. But yeah, with this game near the end there, you know, Cam and Book started to hit their threes and made the game pretty spicy. And the lead eventually got cut down to you know seven going into the fourth. But, you know, when it came down to it, the Clippers took this one, but there was definitely some highlights to take away. One of them being that strong DA put back in the fourth quarter for the and one that made me really happy and uh yeah here's here's a little clip that monty had to say about the offense to take into account i'm probably not where we wanted i mean you don't want to be i don't think being first is an indicator uh pace is something that i think is one of the weird analytics uh, you can be a slow team but get a ton of offensive rebounds and be higher in pace than you really are. So I, I don't, I don't get all the pace talk, but you don't want to be last as it relates to that uh, stat. So we are, we are aware of it. Uh, we want to be efficient. So, so yeah, definitely interesting stuff that Monty Williams had to share there. And I think it's worth mentioning he isn't too worried about it, nor am I. I don't think we're going to be one of the fastest teams this season, probably near the middle. But I do think that as the season goes on, we're going to have to look at what our offense looks like in terms of, you know, you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker. Chris Paul definitely slows things down, but he's also bringing winning here. So I'm definitely in the camp that this is going to contribute really well to some playoff wins, right? We're going to be well prepared for it in this half-court offense. So looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to be transitioning over here to a bit of a Western Conference overview. And we're going to go over an expansion team exercise after this quick break. All right. And we're back with our ideas about what the Western Conference playoff picture will look like and what that means for the Phoenix Suns. Currently, the Suns are 5-2 and two as of this recording. They have not played the Raptors yet. This is being recorded on a Tuesday. We are tied with both of the LA teams for the top seeding in this conference. That's one, two, and three. It's LA, it's Phoenix, it's LA again. And yeah, this is honestly the best case scenario for this team coming into the season. You want to be as high as possible to give yourself a little bit of a cushion for COVID case or a freak injury. So getting these wins early and getting them against good teams is crucial. Because what do you think about our record so far? Yeah, you know, really hope we don't have that freak injury. That's going to be huge to staying in this upper echelon of the West. You know, whether it's anywhere around the three, four, five, six, hopefully at the lowest for the Suns, I could see us landing around that four to five if everything goes right. And I know there's definitely more optimistic Suns fans than me. But yeah, at five and two in those challenging back-to-back wins that really tested this team, I think we're not even seeing the best of what is to come from this offense. Yeah. So it's just cool to see us up there. And yeah, I think some overperformers and underperformers right now, the Mavericks are three and four. And I know this is a Suns podcast. So, you know, none of us are going to be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to be talking about the Mavericks too much here, but 
you know, I, I, I don't expect Luka Doncic to continue to shoot around 20% from three. Uh, definitely that's that's 10% off, though. It's not that off. Yeah, no, uh, he, he's a bad three-point shooter, but 20%, I'm not, sure, not so sure. Yeah. Probably more around, you know, 34, 35, 36, something like that. But the Mavericks will be picking up some wins here. And, um, and then as for overperformers, uh, the Pelicans are four and three. Just how we treated them in that blowout win on national television, that definitely tells me I think they're going to be closer to that play-in game picture. What do you think, Devin? Yeah, it's kind of like a Goldilocks scenario. you got the the two hots, the two colds, and the just rights. Uh, obviously, there are some two colds here. you got Denver, you got Houston, even slightly the Mavericks, even though they're you know one seed, seed lower than they were last year. Uh, Portland and Golden State, to me, are just right. I think they're going to be in that 6-7-8 range. I just don't think that Stephen Curry can put up 60 points every single game. That's not realistic, even though uh, he does look good. I just don't see them being that consistent and being able to produce that type of offense every single game. Same thing with Portland. Their defense has been, it's been like, I don't know, the borders here in Canada. You can just come in and go. It's not like uh, the wall here like you guys have in America with your uh, Mr. Trump on his way out of the office. But you know, their defense in Portland, Portland uh, Robert Covington and Derek Jones were supposed to really uh, buff that up a little bit. It's not really going through well. And Yusuf, yeah. not really what he was in the bubble or what he was a few years ago, still needs to get back to it. I, I think they'll be slightly better, but still, I think Portland and Golden State, and I think even to an extent Houston, are in that just right zone. Uh, Houston may be a little bit closer to the, the 8 seed than the 10 seed. Devin, I think you're sleeping Houston a little bit. You, I, you think I am? I do. I, you think the trade's happening or not, Lucas? I think, I think, I, let, I let's don't, I don't know way. if it's happening right now because, you know, with OKC, that was one of those teams where, you know, it was just not going to be in the playoffs. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know where James Harden is going. But so long as he's playing with Amari Stoudemire in his prime and John Wall is playing how he is – I definitely do think they're going to be better than 10 and maybe a bit closer to the bottom of the West. But when you have James Harden, someone who can put up 30 points in his sleep, I think the Rockets are a bit of an underperformer. Once again, they have played five games, so we're not going to be making any bold claims here. But those are some of the things we wanted to just point out here in the Western Conference. We definitely expect the Nuggets to be a lot higher than the 11th seed. But we're optimistic that the Suns can be stick around where they are right now, hopefully. Yeah. And something that we thought was kind of interesting that we'll segue into here before we close out the pod is just a bit of an exercise regarding the conversation around expansion teams in the NBA, whether that be Seattle getting their team back or Las Vegas. You know, we, we saw with the Golden Knights, a cool thing can happen there. And I like the idea of both of those. Um, so in the case of an expansion team, uh, in case no one is aware of what that would look like, most typically, you know, when you look back with teams like the Bobcats, everyone puts a protection on their players, and some of those teams can scoop up some players, right? They, they need to have some personnel on those new franchises. So mm-hmm. typically about eight players you could put a protection on, and these are teams that could not come around for another half decade or maybe even a decade. But, uh, Devin, if you were the Phoenix Suns, what eight players would you slap that protection on so no one could come and scoop them away? That's a very interesting question, Lucas. Obviously, and why is it Javon Carter? No, why is it Javon Carter eight times in a row? Uh, funny you asked that, Lucas. I hope Javon Carter's mom's listening when we said that. But That would be great. <laughs> um, okay, so who are your eight? 
my eight. Uh, obviously, you got to go with uh, the timeline. Uh, I know that's the name of the podcast. It's also the name of uh, our kind of core young guys, Booker, Aiton, Bridges, one, two, and three for me. Obviously, you want to protect Chris Paul as well. We just got him. You don't want to lose him right away if this thing happens tomorrow, right? We're assuming this thing. If, if this yeah, thing yeah. Happens, Otherwise, the segment is thrown out the window. So, okay, you've got, I got four Booker, Aiton, Mikhail, CP3, okay. And then I'm going to go Cam Johnson. You know, he's, you know, roughly, you know, he's the same age as D-Book, maybe a little bit older, but, you know, still yeah. excellent shooter. A guy, older, you want, a guy you want on your team. And Jay Crowder as well, locked up for three years. Good defense, good shooting. He's already been bounced around to multiple teams anyway, so let's keep him here in Phoenix. And our boy, Diet Jokic, Dario Saric, my man, and he's going to be protected as well. I love his uh, his game off the bench, his playmaking, his shooting, his post work his effort it's beautiful i want to keep him here and here's my little curveball in the show so far i'm gonna protect jalen smith and i know what a little bit of a shock oh he's never played he hasn't played a game yet you don't know left ankle injury no okay give it give us what you're going for the upside of the future of a team i am and i think once uh he's healthy and maybe he has a year under his belt he has a summer league he has some time to kind of get used to what the nba is like i know this has been kind of crazy for rookies we haven't had this type of off season forever like at all so i'm gonna give him some leeway i'm gonna give him a chance and some time to develop and grow with this with this team and i want to see how he looks with Dario Sarge. i want to see how he looks playing next to guys like Devin booker playing next to Chris paul you know i think he's actually a better fit than people give him credit for i know there's lots of rookies like Halliburton and um, all the other rookies that are playing really well. Lamella Ball, they're playing excellent basketball. But uh, yeah, Peyton I don't Pritchard. think. Yeah, Peyton. Peyton <laughs> uh, that was a crazy game. If you a nice fantasy basketball there. claim. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so you're going for the upside there. I am. Jalen Smith. Um, great. I'm going to do just about the same list there, but considering how Cameron Payne has just been electric, I'm going to put him there in that eighth spot for me personally. Okay. Yeah, kind of a fun exercise. It's something we wanted to look at. We also put up a tweet. If you go to this, at Suns underscore Central and then click on my account, Valley underscore Fella, I put up a bit of a uh, thread there if you guys want to give us your take and what you're thinking. And if you want to make it more fun, reduce that down to six. But yeah, definitely that would be interesting if there were new teams and that would bring up conversations and Shifting around, you know, the, the T-Wolves, I think they should be in the East anyway, so that would be a good way to do that. But What if the, what if they moved to one of these teams like Vegas or Seattle? Is that possible? Like, that, that could be a possibility. They're, they're trying to sell their team, right? You never know what could happen with the sell of the team. Or, you know, I, I honestly would like to have them stay in Minnesota, but, you know, you never know what happens with, uh, you know, teams financially right now, where, what people are going through. Yeah, yeah. possible. I, wasn't Kevin Garnett talk? I don't think that went through. Anyways, no. <laughs> kind of interesting stuff to to think about in the future. But the Suns are an exciting team. There's a lot to look forward to. We haven't even hit our stride necessarily. I mean, I, it's hard to say that when with wing developments. But I think what I mean by that is the best is to come. Yeah. The way that we're going to use DeAndre Ayton is going to be interesting coming up here. I think we're seeing really good things from him. And we're excited to continue to put out some podcast for you guys and we're going to be doing some unique segments some guest speakers and all sorts of things and uh thank you guys for listening make sure to give us a follow on twitter at suns underscore central and keep your eye out for future episodes bye guys